Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and Hattiesburg, where we're grateful to be in South Mississippi, where it's beginning to warm up a little bit. And, uh, you know, we continue to think about all of our friends and neighbors and listeners up in the north and central part of the state who are still getting socked with ice and snow and dangerous road conditions and we continue to urge everyone uh traveling north of hattiesburg in the pine belt uh to avoid travel if you can uh, if you can't just be sure that you're very very careful opening segment of the show sponsored by dickie's barbecue pit great food seven days a week always served hot and fresh in the dining room through the drive-through home delivery as well really appreciate uh, justin and all the guys at Dickey's Barbecue Pit for all they do for Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. And we hope you'll choose Dickey's very, very soon. Hey, we're delighted to have the baseball coach of Northwestern State on the show with us today, Bobby Barbier. And, uh, Coach, we were talking a little bit before we went on there. First of all, thank you, sir, for the for the time. Uh, weather conditions in your neck of the woods are what? Uh, icy. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to put it. Uh, we got, I don't know, I'm a southern Louisiana boy, so this is, you know, even this is north Louisiana. It's, it's far north for me. But uh, icy is, I don't know what the, how many inches of snow and ice we got, but I know I haven't been in the house five days, and we don't have water. Electricity's been going off. So it's been, it's been dicey here lately, but, you know, hopefully we get to get out of town and play some baseball soon, and that'll all go away. Right. I, I guess it's put a halt to practice this week, though, correct? Correct. We haven't. We uh, we were actually inside. We drove to Shreveport to an indoor facility on Friday and Saturday to get some live at bats in because it was below freezing here. And, and then um, and then we haven't been able to practice, you know, since then. So we just we can't. The road is just too dangerous to, for our guys. I mean, all over town, we've got cars and ditches. And just, you know, some a town like ours isn't equipped to handle you know the the Arctic blast that we got over the last over the last three or four days. So um, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be American Legion style um, this weekend. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna show up and wing it. But um, I, I I told our team I, I don't care. We we need to play. You know we need to go play and um, we'll work it out as we go. Kind of deal with this with this ice and, and be better for it. Right. Well, you've got a fine program, coach. No question about that. And uh, you guys are. Uh... You know, you're just a, a really fine baseball program. Last year, sort of like the Golden Eagles, you were off to a really good start when uh, when COVID hit. And I, I'm sure for you, like everybody else, Coach Barry and every other coach in the country, it's just been a weird year, hasn't it? It really has. I mean, it, it makes you um, it makes you change perspective a little bit. You know, of, of we've never had being able to play just play the game taken away from us like it has been. And I understand why, and I, I get all those things. Um, but 
there needs to be uh, again, like we talked to the team about, is is there needs to be some joy in being able to play, you know, and and some joy in that. And, and we've we've always had a lot of joy in the wins, and the, the losses hurt, and want to want to make that even out a little bit more, you know, and just mm-hmm. have that that excitement of being able to get out in the field again and and, and you know return to normalcy, you know, as a, as a country, you know, and, and hopefully we're getting closer to that. But uh, I think I think us playing ball and and getting between two white lines and somebody else on the other side is is going to be very healing for our guys and for a lot of baseball guys, you know, that haven't had a chance to do it in a long time. 38 wins in 18, 30 wins in 19. You had won 12 games already when uh, when the season uh, got halted last year. Those of us that love baseball here in South Mississippi, and there are a lot of us, we really like good competition. We like to see good teams come into the peat and uh, – like to see the Golden Eagles compete against the very best. We're expecting that out of your team, Coach, and uh, I'm sure you're expecting that out of your kids as well. Well, I hope we can give it to you. Um, I've actually been there quite a few times. So I was at the University of Alabama for five years before I came back over this way. So we, we'd come down there and play you guys. And, and y'all would come up there, and you guys got a great atmosphere. Um, it's, a, it's a really fun place to play. I hope you're your listeners and your fans down there don't don't take that for granted because it's um, what Coach Barry and those guys have done uh, have have they've they've made something special down there and it just doesn't happen like that everywhere even at big power five schools which I've been to a ton of those schools obviously in Alabama so it just it's uh, it's something you guys should be proud of and um, but yeah I hope man I you know it's been such a strange year um, we. Uh, you know, I like our team. I I, I really do. I think it, it might take us a little while to get going with a few setbacks and um, and things of that nature. But I just want to go out there and see him play. I want to see him play hard. I want to see him be competitive and compete against somebody else. And um, that that's I'm like a a dad going to a, a kid's first little league <laughs> t-ball game. You know, right? Just, <laughs> let's get out there and I'm gonna go cheer for you. You know, right. kind of deal. Right. Well, get in here, Coach uh, Bobby Barbier. Coach, thanks for your time today. Uh, Golden Eagle fans excited yesterday. Uh, Scott Berry announcing his starting rotation for the weekend, Hunter Stanley, game one, and then two lefties, Chandler Best and Drew Boyd. What can you tell us about your starting rotation against the Golden Eagles this weekend? Um, well, I think it's probably the first place that we're announcing it, but sure, I don't really have any secrets. I think I've told their staff. Breaking news. Um, we love it. Yeah, breaking news. Um, it's uh, I've learned a long time ago, secrets in our game really don't matter. But... Um, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go. Johnny Harmon on Friday. Johnny was a true freshman last year. He pitched on Sundays for us. Did a really good job. Um, Cal Carver's a left-hander on Saturday. Cal was our Saturday starter um, last year, and you know uh, I would imagine he's similar to, to your two lefties that are gonna throw. And then um, we're gonna go Levi David. Um, Levi David. Uh, he kind of pitched in the bullpen for us last year. He's a, he's a big kid with a good arm. So that's the three we'll go. I like to. In these first weekends, um, we keep pitch counts down. You know, we try to we try to keep them down. I really, if I had my way, I would split up the games, and I'd I'd, I'd have basically six starters, and and we could we back them up with each other, and that not always work out that way. But um, that's I think that that's how you make your staff better. You know, if you can if you can throw guys, and, and especially in the COVID area, and stretch guys out because God knows we. We um, if we get two starters down and we don't have guys stretched out to throw multiple innings, we're going to be in, we're going to be in a bind. So you'll probably see quite a few guys this weekend, and um, we're going to hopefully get out there and compete well. 
Yeah, I was noticing two of your starters, your uh, your game one, game three guys, both six five. Southern Miss has uh, seems like they have a basketball squad as well, or guys that can play uh, basketball. Do you do you think there's anything uh, unique or better about a pitcher's height from a release point angle? Well, it, uh, well, there's a couple of things. Just because he's tall doesn't mean his release point is is where you think it is. Um, is one thing, but uh, another thing is. Um, so usually guys that are bigger and uh, have more room to grow and have more room to get better. Now, I say that where and last year our Friday night starter was probably one of the best pitchers ever come through our school, and he was 5'8", and he was drafted in the fifth round. Um, and, and so I, I say that not saying they aren't – you know, not saying we, we won't recruit a guy that's, that's undersized. That's not true at all. But, you know, just in sure. general, those guys have more room to grow, more projectability, more um, – more chance to get better over time than than a smaller guy, I guess, would. But uh, you know, we we're going we're going to run out some guys that are five nine, and we're not some guys that are six four. So we, we're a yeah. kind of equal opportunity <laughs> over here. If you can get them out, as long as as long That's as they right. find that, uh, that, that the play right. coach, it, it really doesn't matter. Tell us uh, right. a couple players on offense that Golden Eagle fans need to watch out for this weekend. Uh, well, we've we've got a. Um, our right fielders probably are all conference returner, uh, Tyler Smith. He's a left handed hitter, fifth year COVID guy, been around a long time. Um, our catchers, you know, been here a little while. Uh, Marshall Skinner, he's, uh, he'll hit in the middle lineup and, and play behind the plate for two of the games probably. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of could give you all of them, I guess. I mean, our, our second baseman, Dante Store, had a great start as a true freshman last year. Our shortstop's at night. We got, we got some nice pieces. Um, out there left and right. And again, I think you guys will see a bunch of them because I, I'm, I'm convinced that we're not going to be full, full squad for a lot of the year. And, um, I don't want to be in the second week in a conference and a guy have three at bats. Now he's got to go play all three games. So it'll be different. I think, I don't know how every coach is handling it. If every coach will handle, handle it differently, but I think it'll be different for us, especially on, on the amount of guys that'll play early in the season, you know, just to, to get at bats under their belt to be ready to, you know, in case we get, you know, three guys in quarantine or something like that. Coach Bobby Barbier from Northwestern State is visiting with us, snowed in at his house over in our neighboring state of Louisiana. We're really hoping he can uh, get out and uh, bring his guys to the Pete this weekend. We're going to continue our conversation with Coach and uh, talk about college baseball, the Southland Conference, and uh, more about this weekend series. Hang on, Eagle Hour continues right after the break. Glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, uh, right across from the USM campus. 
and uh, campusbookmart.net. They've got all kinds of cool baseball apparel in. You would expect that with the season starting this weekend. You can shop uh, Monday through Saturday on their Hardy Street location. You can go online anytime you like, campusbookmart.net, and they'll have uh, your merchandise delivered straight to your house, and they can't make it any easier than that. We're talking with Northwestern State baseball coach Bobby Barbier. And, uh, Coach, uh, again, thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, you know, this is a different year uh, in that uh, a lot of kids uh, get another got another year of eligibility. There was a reduced number of kids drafted because the MLB draft was, uh, was so much thinner. Uh, a lot of people think this will be an exciting and really great year of college baseball. Your thoughts about how it may be different this year? Uh, well, I think I think the roster size. Um, I think with getting your seniors back, you know, if, if if I think every team's different, right? I mean, we we lost our um, you know our Friday night guy and our closer. One going to med school, one got drafted. So you know, our roster took a little bit of a dent. But some some guys teams got their their, their entire senior class back, um, and I, I think that this makes you deeper as a baseball team. So I think you'll see roster or lineups better. Um, Left-handed heavy versus right-handed pitchers, and, and right-handed heavy versus left-handed pitchers. I think you'll see bullpens that are deeper uh, for those teams that were able to keep, you know, and, and everybody prepared for it differently too. I mean, we didn't know roster sizes were going to be unlimited or whatever they are, you know, for next year or for this year until recruiting was kind of done, you know. And so that, you know, if you kind of plan for it, you'll you're in a little different boat than everybody else. But yeah, I think you'll. I think it's going to be harder for guys to get on the field. You know, I mean, we'll have talented players sitting over there by me because we have, you know, we have rosters that are a little more expanded, guys with a little more experience, and I'm sure Scott has the same thing over there. You know, coach, I've also believed you could take a you could take a program like yours, uh, a Southern Miss. You could move you guys to another part of the country, the Midwest, the Northeast, uh, maybe the the Far West, and you'd probably dominate everybody you play. But there are so many good college baseball programs in Louisiana and Mississippi. Uh, I'm guessing you you like the competition, and, we, and would you agree that that your program, Scott's program, you guys are recruiting and playing in really the the hottest area of the country when it comes to college baseball? I think so. I mean, it, it's you know, I think you know, for us being a little further west, you can include you know Texas um, in there. I know you got a few guys on your roster. Um, from there too, but it's um, people just care about it. You know, I mean the high the high school coaches are are invested in it um, down here. They they um, they take time to to learn. They take time to you know we we like to think we take time to learn from them. You know, and those guys and and the travel coaches are the same way. The, the coach guys have organizations and kids are playing a lot more than they used to, and, and they're able to do it in good weather. You know, it's I say that now ironically. But um, it's it's just kind of one of those one of those deals where, where where resources are infused somewhere and and people take it serious. Then normally that whatever that is, whatever organization or or, or sport or whatever that is, is gonna is gonna improve and have a good product. And and that's that's what I think you know high school baseball and travel ball and, and organizational travel teams have done throughout the South. You know, which is why the baseball is so good in, in this part. The question is, you played an awfully good conference yourself, the Southland Conference, some really uh, high-caliber programs there that you compete with on a weekly basis. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, we, um, you know, our conference is changing a little bit um, next year. But, I mean, year in and year out, you know, we're going to produce a few teams in, the, in our league that, that can compete with anybody. And, 
and they've proven that you know when they've moved on in a, on a, on a national stage. So we're yeah we're very proud of our league down here. Now, coach, you you uh you coach one of our very own here, John Carter Sander, who has actually worked at this radio station back when he was at Oak Grove High School. His dad is a is a part of uh, the Eagle Hour show. Uh, talk, if you will, for just a moment about John Carter. Yeah, and John Carter and Kelly, I mean, were big parts of our program. And um, You know, he ended up getting a little banged up while he was here, but, you know, we recruited him over there from um, junior college and, and, you know, came in. And I know when he was his first, he was weekend starter out of the gate, you know. Uh, on that, I couldn't tell you what team it was because they all run together. But, um you know, it was it was great to have him, and we we we've tried to get quite a few guys. We've got Josh Baines from over there in Mississippi, Reed Michael, and I'm sure there's a couple more. But we've we've gotten some really good players that have come um, that have come out of that that Mississippi area. That you know, because you guys play such good baseball. And you had to put up with his father Kelly. So you, you're a I patient had, man you know, too, Coach. I, I had to put up with Kelly. Well, Kelly did a Kelly did a lot for us. He he um you know he he. Tried to make sure all our games were on the radio, and uh, you know he always had had good ideas, and so I, I don't think I had to put up with him too much <laughs> for what he did for us. All right, Luke, you got something else for Coach before we let him go? Yeah, Kelly Center is always a big part of anything he's a part of, so we have to deal with him on right. a daily basis, Coach. But going back, a couple questions. Going back to the the roster situation, because if I'm cor- if I'm understanding correct, the NCAA has actually extended another year of eligibility to spring of of 2022. How does this you know affect high schoolers? Because it seems like it's going to be really hard because it's like the the scholarships or the rosters will be log jammed back for really the next two years or maybe even three years. Yeah, well, it, it takes away opportunities. You can't. There's no way around that, and, and people have, have tried to sugarcoat it, um, and it stinks. I mean, there'll be kids that would have played college baseball or junior college baseball two years ago that won't play it. Uh, it's like that in any organization, right? I mean, if you if your if your company you work for if they cut the jobs in half, they're they're the the top half, and generally the the better producers and the top half are gonna are gonna take those spots, um, and it stinks. I mean, it really does. It stinks that we're going to have less opportunities now. There are with, with us being able to expand our roster, we we are able to take some more, um, take some more guys. Uh, I think other leagues have become more of an option with there's junior college, division two, with division three. But it's like that way for our guys too with the limited draft. You know, five rounds last year. I think we probably would have had two or three, four guys drafted last year. You know, and it just it's just the way it is right now. It's uh, it's tough. It's it's a it's a deal where we've we've made it harder um, for sure because the now the talent pool has um, has grown uh, has has well as the talent pool is growing our spots are getting are getting lower and you know those you just got to keep working you know and those kids just got to keep working and keep working and and try to do something that separates themselves uh, in this in this tough environment. Yeah, just a lot of issues with college baseball. All of us uh, here are rooting for that third paid assistant uh, coach. I think it's a travesty in college baseball, as big as it is, that that, that can't happen. Last question for me, Coach. Uh, you mentioned in the first segment about the type of atmosphere you know, at Pete Taylor Park and, and Southern Miss fans sometimes, I think, overlook that. And you said you know, that you've been in Power 5 schools that didn't have that. Well, just, I guess, in closing, what makes an, uh, the baseball Baseball atmosphere so rich at places like Pete Taylor Park, and why shouldn't people take it for granted? 
I think uh, a baseball atmosphere is made, uh, I guess, a couple of things. I mean, I think you have knowledgeable fans. I think knowledgeable fans that, that show up, right, that show up for the, the Alabamas and the Northwestern states and the, and the whoever, you know. I mean, that, I think that, that's important. Um, I think they know what, the, what situations in the game, know when they get excited, know, you know, a, a, good, uh, a good PA or scoreboard or music guy helps with that too. I think I think those and it's the 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 type of park. You know, I like to think at our park we we got a park for a lot of character, um, kind of like you guys do. And I, I, those are always the most fun for me. And that's, this is all my opinion. But those are the most fun for me when you go out there and they got the roost. I think they'll call it the roost where the trucks go. And, yeah. Um, you know, there's an old man hollering at me over over the dugout at third base when I was <laughs> coach there <at> Alabama. <laughs> you know, and you know I can count on him to be there. He, he knew my name. So it was, uh, you know, stuff like that just makes the park, you know, makes the makes a good atmosphere. It makes it where you, I think people don't understand you can make, I've always said this about LSU, because their fans make them play, right? So they they make them play. You know, even days that we come out there and we go through the motions as, as baseball players, which we shouldn't do, but it just happens. A lot of times those fans can get you going and, 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 and help get you back in the game, which, you know, I think you guys do a good job of. Well, Coach, we're concerned this year because we've been told we have to wear a mask and we're afraid the umpires are not going to be able to clearly hear our opinions about some of their calls. But we're going to, we're going to do our I'm best. Sure to keep. Be I'm sure you can be creative. <laughs> All right, Coach, great conversation. We love talking college baseball on this show. We love talking with baseball guys like yourself. We hope you and your kids have safe travels over here, and we look forward to a really good weekend of college baseball. Anytime, guys. See you guys this weekend. All right. Coach Bobby Barbier, uh, head baseball coach at Northwestern State. I don't know. Look, I just – there's nothing better to me than uh, knowing college baseball is about to kick off and and talking to guys like this, Coach. Uh, They're just such – they're such great people, and I think that's what makes the sport the great sport that it's become. There is so many quality coaches and players in – Division one baseball, and because baseball is not like football. I mean, anybody on any given day can beat any person, and I think that's the intrigue of college baseball. I'm looking forward uh, to a lot of baseball on Saturday, 18 innings worth at least. There we go. Coach Bobby Barbier, one of the class acts in college baseball, bringing his Northwestern State Demons to the peak this weekend. All starts 12 o'clock on Saturday, and we can't wait. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Great talking to Coach Barbier of Northwestern State. His Demon baseball team coming into Hattiesburg. First pitch in a doubleheader on Saturday, 12 o'clock. If you got tickets, you better be there. If you got tickets and you can't go, there's lots of people right now on Facebook and other places and social media asking around. So if you can't go, make it happen for somebody else to go, and, and let's get the best environment we can 
at the Pete. Third segment today brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. If you missed the eight ninety five lunch today, it was pork chops, black-eyed peas, broccoli, cheesy rice, and a biscuit. And you got a drink, and it was only eight ninety five. Of course, uh, like always, uh, fried catfish, Bob Getty Friday will be tomorrow. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joins us as Bob and I are in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. And, Kelly, just to follow up with Coach Barbier, you know, Louisiana um, is such a very, very unique place, and I don't, I don't think there's maybe another state in the country that has, uh, you know, one major school all to itself like LSU, particularly in baseball. In this state, I mean, we have three top 25 programs. Uh, you look at Texas, you, even in Alabama, you've got Auburn. But, man, uh, what, a, what a job to be able to do something like that at Northwestern State like Coach Barbier has when, when the Tigers are in Baton Rouge. And, and it's, such a, it's such a tough recruiting battle when the allure of LSU and, and getting to, to know Coach Barbier you know, and work with him closely when, when my son was there. By the way, he is a – Bobby Barbier is about a, a top-notch individual as you're ever going to get. Academic All-American at Northwestern State. Uh, you know, coached at Alabama, now now obviously the head coach at Northwestern State. But, but And he talked about how, you know, he would sign guys at Northwestern State and look forward to them, you know, coming to Northwestern State. And word would get around, you know, in fall practice that this particular player or that particular player was having a really good fall, right? And so he'd look, he'd look real forward to them playing for the Demons in the spring. Well, the word would travel to Baton Rouge, that player X, Y, or Z was having a good fall in Natchitoches. Well, a coach from LSU would call Natchitoches and say to this player, hey, man, you know, or, or a friend, I, you know, I don't know how recruiting goes or anything like that, but word would get to the player like, hey, why don't you come to, to LSU? Well, what do you got for me? Well, nothing. You know, but, but we'll, give, we, we'll let you try out. We'll give you a walk-on spot. So these kids, you know, not all of them, but – but a lot of these kids would forfeit their scholarship at Northwestern State, you know, which is money in the bank, right, for just for the opportunity to walk on at LSU. And, of course, they'd go and do their thing at LSU. They'd be there for two or three weeks, not make it, and get cut. And, of course, then there goes their scholarship, you know, that they had – in the bank at Northwestern State, and potentially a starting position at Northwestern State, out the window. You know, but but LSU is so powerful down there, and everybody wants to play for LSU. And I'm sure southeastern Louisiana is in the same boat. McNeese, you know, is in the same boat. Uh, all the school, all those smaller schools in Louisiana, it's so difficult for them to keep really, really good players because LSU will poach them somehow. But but that goes back to parents again, Kelly. We've had this discussion many times. That's when the father steps in and says, no, son, you made a commitment to Coach Barbier at Northwestern State. He's given you a scholarship. That's where you're going to play baseball. You're, you're right, Bob. But in Louisiana, it's almost sacrilege to say no to LSU in any way, shape, or form. It's LSU down there is almost like a religion, really. So, so your point is certainly well taken. But you and I weren't raised in Louisiana, mm-hmm. you know. So, and again, you're talking these these kids. They don't even think about it. A chance, just a chance at LSU. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll throw away my scholarship at Northwestern State, and and then it winds up being nothing. 
Right. You know? So um, so it's difficult. It's, it's really difficult for them to get Louisiana guys that are they're really good to, to stay because they'll, you know, the LSU will try to somehow, you know, go get them. So he was, you know, so they'll they'll get guys from Mississippi. You know, I mean, you know, my son John Carter Santa went there and, and, and Reed Michael at Jones Junior College, you know, went there. They've had some kids from seminary, Mississippi over at Northwestern State. Southeastern Louisiana has guys from Mm-hmm. From Mississippi, so it's uh, because the LSU allure to the Mississippi guys is not, not near as powerful as the kids from Louisiana. Well, it speaks so. to Coach Barbier's coaching ability, Kelly. Thirty-eight wins in eighteen, thirty wins in nineteen. They were twelve and four last year. They had two wins over Wichita State and a win over Louisiana Lafayette, which is a powerful baseball program. Both of those excellent baseball programs. Uh, this guy can coach, and uh, I'll bet you they come in here competitive this weekend. The, the the drawback there, the caveat may be, Kelly, that he said the weather was so bad up there that they just are simply unable to practice. They're unable to prepare for the weekend. Yeah, they've, they've got snow on the ground in right. Natchitoches. Right. Uh, of course, they've got snow on the ground in Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. which, which is pretty much parallel to Natchitoches if you go you know straight west. Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, 60, 60 degrees never looked better. You know, thank, as, as, thank goodness we live in God's country, Sandra. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, great. All right, great, guys. Northwestern um, State's a great team to open against. Big, big uh, Southern Miss news today. Brian Dozier, after nine years of a major league career, going to hang up the cleats. Uh, finishes nineteenth all time among second basemen in home runs with one hundred ninety-two second most. Home runs uh, for a second baseman uh, in Twins history. I know Jack Duggan put out a tribute today uh, as a Twins guy, and Dozier's one of those guys. Uh, as as I reflect upon it, Kelly, um, he played the game the game the way the game was supposed to be played. He never took a playoff. He never did. He, he never uh, when he was running down the, the line, never gave up on something. Never pulled up. It seemed as if every play that that Brian Dozier was involved in, it was a hundred percent, and that will be his legacy to me. And I think you know he was—he's a blue-collar type of guy. With, with when you look at all Southern Miss guys, regardless of the sports that they played, that seems to be the common thread when they go to play professional sports. They were blue-collar guys in college, and that blue-collar work ethic carries over into the pros. I think you're exactly right, and people appreciate that blue-collar work ethic, that they don't take plays off. They don't complain. They don't, you know, piss and moan about different things that, that don't go their way. And, you know, the only thing, the only thing that Brian Dozier did not, was not able to accomplish as a pro was the fact that he never got to play for the Detroit Tigers. And I'm you sure know? he's heartbroken <laughs> over that. Well, you know, you can't, you can't have everything. You know, right. You, you, you can't have everything in your career. Just like Ray Guy laments to this day, he could never put on a Bengals uniform, Kelly. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the luckiest. Bob, Bob, what I remember uh, about Dozier was, you know, the, the year we went to the, the World Series, he he got injured, and he didn't play like most of the year, you know, but he but he came in, and uh, I think he was a pinch pinch runner in one of the one of the games. Uh, but when you you think about all time greats at Southern Miss as far as baseball, he he's in the top ten, not just because of of what he did in the pros, and and we need to look at this. I mean, other than really Chad Bradford 
Have we had a Southern Miss baseball player that has played this long in, in Major League? I think this is probably it, other than than Bradford uh, re- regarding that. But, Bob, I, I just remember what kind of presence he carried, and it seemed as if he willed even on the bench that 2009 team into the World Series. No question, and I think argument could be made if you look at his overall career. Uh, college professional, I think there's an argument to be made, uh, Kelly Sander, he is the greatest Southern Miss baseball player of all time. Yeah, I, I think you could certainly make that argument. You know, I don't know how long Pat Rapp uh, pitched, you know, but a, but a position player and pitchers, as far as where and tear goes, you know, is completely different. I mean, when you're a, when you're in that starting nine defensively, you know, every day, that certainly takes more of a wear and tear on your overall body. You know, pitching obviously more on the arm, but yeah, I think uh, I think for sure that Dozier would probably you'd have to say that. I'm sure there's going to be more as time goes on because this baseball program is really good and has been for quite some time now. But um, but with the draft now only being five rounds, you know, for the foreseeable future, it's going to be tougher and tougher for anybody um, to climb that ladder. You know, there's just going to be fewer and fewer spots. You know, Here's a great illustration, guys, of what kind of man Brian Dozier is. A couple of years ago, we have one of his friends who was a former baseball player scheduled to be on the Eagle Hour, and he comes in. Mitchell Williams happened to be here that day. And in the course of the break, he just made the conversation. Well, well Brian and I, uh, I was taking Brian to pick up his uh, new, taking him to pick up a new pickup truck uh, when we get off the air. And Mitchell looks at him and says, Brian, Brian Dozier? And the guy goes, oh, yeah, he's sitting out in the truck uh, waiting on me to do the interview. So so we get him to bring Do- Brian Dozier, obviously, into the studio. And Brian Dozier says, well, I didn't want to come in because I didn't want to rain on his parade. And I, I thought that illustrated uh, <laughs> illustrated the kind of guy Brian Dozier is. So uh, nothing but our best wishes to Brian Dozier. Yeah, I don't like I don't like to rain on people's parades, too, Bob. But I'm also wanted by the IRS. So I, I'm... I- <laughs> Correct. I don't, don't want them to know where I am. People get around you to shed, the, you know, to protect themselves from the rain, Kelly. Is that not right? Is that a fat joke? <laughs> we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, the premier place to get in great shape and receive baseball and softball instruction all at DBAT and D1 in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel, Bob Getty in Hattiesburg at the First Bank Studios. And again, uh, if you're just joining us, Brian Dozier calling it a career, nine years for the Minnesota uh, Twins, the Washington Nationals, and the New York Mets. Dozier, two World Series appearances, including winning the 2019 championship with Washington Nationals, 2014 participant in the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby, the AL season leader in home runs, by a second baseman, uh, 42 he hit in 2016. 
that uh, ranks up there in the all-time performances for second baseman. He won a gold glove at second base in 2017. And then, Bob, the one that, that you and I always love to talk about, he was the first major league player to home run in his first all-star and playoff plate appearance. So he, he comes in in that major league all-star game, uh, pinch hits, hits a bomb, and then in his first playoff appearance, he he hits a bomb. He was beloved. Uh, it's pretty cool on Twitter if you go to the Twins' official profile. Man, they kind of make a just a, a tribute video for him, and just it kind of encapsulates all that Brian Dozier is and uh, the the times where. Um, the times he was coming into Southern Miss when I was on my way out, so a lot of the underclassmen that that um, you know we, we got to be a part of that and, and just see him and his impact on on people and his impact on the game. And I think people forget about this too. He was a great clubhouse guy because he speaks Spanish, <laughs> and so he was always sometimes when you have uh, guys that from outside the United States that come to play baseball, sometimes there can be you got to build bridges. Um, it's different culture and different language. And Dozier was always a great clubhouse guy because he would be able to to bridge uh, the the foreign players with the Americans through through language. And every team he played on, man, you talk about um, as quality player as he was, and as much as he hustled, he was behind the scenes just as good. Uh, a great ambassador for the university too. Here's another quick story. We had him on the show here one time with his wife. She came that day as well, and uh, we had promoted that. And we got a call from a, from a mother. I want to say she was from over in Jones County, and she had a she had a young child, a young man with uh, some real health difficulties, and he was a really big fan of Brian Dozier. And she asked us if she could bring him to the station. Well, we of course asked Brian. He said it was fine. He he showed up, Luke, probably thirty minutes before the show, uh, and sat on the couch in here in our uh, studio with that young man, and just talked to him, and just spent you know spent some really quality time with him, brought him all sorts of stuff. Just an extremely high class young man, and I think that uh, not only has he been a great baseball player, he's been a, just an almost irreplaceable ambassador for Southern Miss. He has, and he will be one that that people remember. And you know, you better watch out for his wife, man. She's a duck hunter, and that's <laughs> just how he would. Uh, you know, they lived in downtown Minnesota at that time, and you know, but just good old people. And uh, they met at met at Southern Miss because she played soccer. So, right. Anyway, wish Brian all the best, and be sure we'll be seeing him around the hub seat a little more. Um, update from Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation. Looks like. Southern Miss spring practice will be February 23rd through March 27th. It uh, looks like the team will practice Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Uh, of course, right now, because of COVID-19, practices are still closed um, to the public. But, you know, Will Hall said that coming in, um, that, you know, when whenever we get through this COVID deal, he wants people to be able to see the football team. So expect uh, whenever COVID restrictions, if, if that's the fall, you know, we hope it's sooner than that, but be able to see this team practice. And when we get more spring game information, we'll let you know. But, yeah, Golden Eagles starting it up next week in uh, – Tomorrow, Bob, having another football coach on. Yeah, we do. We're going to have another another assistant coach. Uh, I want to thank Jack Duggan and, and Coach Hall for uh, – they, they will have made every single coach available to us uh, before the start of spring football next week. So we're very excited about that. Also, Melissa Socher is going to be on the show tomorrow. Uh, she and her husband on Keith Co. If you live in South Mississippi, you know you, you go by Keith Co. every day. Uh, great supporters of the university, and uh, we want to talk to her a little bit about uh, why they, why as, as business owners, they feel it's so important to support Southern Miss athletics and 
and they do a great job. And Luke, you know, all the Conference USA teams are in action this weekend. It's going to be kicked off. Here's an interesting one. Florida Atlantic at Central Florida to kick things off in Orlando. That's a yeah. That's a pretty good way to kick off college baseball. It will be, and I'm excited to see some of these early matchups. And Golden Eagles, of course, uh, aren't like some other teams scheduling. They don't dodge. Uh, they play really stiff competition. Looking forward to that. Before we sign off today, just a little breaking news a couple hours ago, NFL-wise. You don't have to worry about Carson Wentz in the NFC East anymore, Bob Getty. The Eagles are sending Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick this year and a conditional second-round pick that could possibly be a first-round pick next year. So the number one and the number two draft picks from the 2016 draft, Goff and Wentz, are now being traded less than three weeks apart. Carson Wentz to the Colts. He replaces the... um... You know, the great retiring Philip Rivers, uh, who had a great year with the Colts, no doubt headed to the Hall of Fame. And uh, I'm glad to see every good quarterback leave the NFC East. I just I hope no one has one but the Redskins next year. Uh, and so Philadelphia, I, I guess that means the kid from Alabama starts now, right? Jalen Hurts is the guy. Yeah, he'll be the man. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow. Another good show. Going to talk a little football and uh, baseball. It all starts tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We hope you'll join us. Till then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.